0: 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, we've been looking at for some weeks now, talking about faith and a particular kind of faith. 2 Timothy 1, 5, he said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in you also. He said, there's something in you, Timothy, that was in your grandmother, also in your mother, and it's in you, and it's faith. But he qualifies it. He uses a descriptor. He said, it is unfeigned Faith. Another translation says unhypocritical faith. Another translation yet says genuine faith. Another translation says true faith. Why would he say true faith? Fain literally means pretend, like an actor. That's what hypocrisy is. Is taking on a role, assuming a role or a character, acting. If there's unfeigned faith, what else must there be? Feigned faith. If there is unhypocritical faith, what else must there be? Hypocritical faith. If there is genuine faith and true faith, what else would there have to be? False or fake faith. There is a fake faith. 2 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, 2 Corinthians 13 also says this in verse 5 in the NIV, said, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. The New Living says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. To see if your faith is genuine. So, Are we supposed to, according to the scripture, check up on ourselves? Examine ourselves to see what? Is this really, is what I'm calling faith, is what I'm calling believing, is it really believing? Is it really faith? Uh, And of course, this applies to who? You. Me, us. Let me encourage you check up on yourself every time you hear out of your mouth i'm believing for i'm believing that don't just say it randomly see this terms have begun to be thrown about loosely in our circles well just believe with me on this and and just be in faith with me about this and and i'm in faith i'm believing this is going to happen Somebody was telling me the other day, I'm believing that so-and-so is going to do such and such. I said, how? They said, what do you mean how? I said, how are you believing that? They looked at me like I slapped them with a wet dishcloth. They're like, I'm I'm just believing. No, faith is not based on nothing. How are you going to say you're believing that I'm going to do something? The only way you could really believe that is if I told you I would do it. There's a lot of junk going on now in the name of faith. I'm believing that this is going to happen. And they are no more believing it than anything. They're just talking. And some of you well, well, what's wrong with that? Everything. When you talk stuff and it doesn't happen, it hurts your faith. I'm leaving for this, I'm leaving for that, and you're just talking a bunch of empty talk and things don't happen, don't happen, don't happen. You get to where you don't expect what you say to happen. You get to where you don't expect what you pray to happen. It hurts your faith. You'd be better off saying one thing and it happening Amen. than 90 things and only nothing happening. Be, be selective and you'll be effective. I didn't think that up. The Lord told me that years ago. <laughs> he, said, uh, he said it this way. He said, Keith, watch what you say, watch what you pray. If you'll be more selective about what you pray and what you say, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. And so there are times that, you know, I, I remember talking about Brother Hagen a while ago. Uh, he said uh, years back, his, uh, one of his children had a physical issue and they called, let him know on the phone, he's out on the road in meetings. Uh, They had him longer than weeks at a time, sometimes six, seven, eight weeks in the same place. And uh, his uh, child has got some symptoms and he said it wasn't anything life-threatening and he knew he's been teaching on healing. He's been healed miraculously himself when he was 16. He's been preaching and believing healing for decades already at this time. But he said what he did, is he would uh, feed himself on on healing again. Even though he's teaching and preaching in meetings, he said that he'd wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and he'd just read scriptures and quote scriptures on healing and he's stirring his faith up. And then over a course of several days, his faith got really kindled up high and he was prompted and he spoke to that situation concerning his child. And what do you think happened? Well, it cleared up and the child was healed. But can you see how a lot of times people are too quick to just say stuff off the top of their head and there's no power in it and there's no faith in it? And that's what we're talking about here, what people call faith, but there is a fake faith. There is a phony faith. I'm not interested in that, are you? Should we be checking up on ourselves on a regular basis? So let me encourage you again now. Don't judge other people, but every time you hear come out of your mouth, I'm believing for, I'm believing that. Act on this verse and examine yourself. Am I really believing this? And what is it based on? Faith is not based on nothing. Faith is based on the most sure thing in the universe. Faith in God is based on what God said. Faith in me would be based on what I said. what if I hadn't said anything? (laughs) Then how are you going to believe it? Now, I know already from just what I'm saying, you know, some people are looking at me going, yeah. Others are going, huh. (laughs) Because there's just some confusion in these areas, but it's real simple. Check up on yourself. If you're not confident, if you're not sure, if you don't know what it's based on, then don't just be talking. It hurts your faith. And if this is your first time with us in this session, the previous ones, we've already covered a lot of ground. You can get those, you can download them for free on the internet, you can go back into Word Supply and get the previous uh, uh, sermons and parts of this. Go with me, if you would, over to uh, 1 Timothy, the first chapter. 1 Timothy 1 and 5. He said, now the end of the commandment is charity or love out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned, faith unfeigned. Notice the company that unfeigned faith is in, a good conscience, clear conscience, and love out of a pure heart. This is one of the ways you can tell real faith True faith, real faith, is accompanied, works with and by love. You remember Galatians 5, 6? If you would put it up on the screen in the Amplified for us, please. Galatians 5, 6. It says, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith. Faith that is what? King James says, faith which works by love. But faith that is activated, energized, expressed, working through love. Real faith works through love. You show me real faith, I'll show you some real love around it and in it and by it and through it because real faith would be the God kind of faith. Well, God is love. So you could say real faith is the love kind of faith. Said out loud, real faith faith works works by love, by love, love, through love. Now, with that in mind, what we're touching on today is that there are, people have called a number of things faith, and it's not real faith, and one of the ways that you can tell it's not is by its noticeable absence of love. People have become pushy and demanding, and arrogance has been displayed in the name of faith. People have been too forward and have asked for things they shouldn't ask you for. And in their mind, it's some kind of a warped idea of faith that I just step up and require you to do what I want done and push you. I was traveling with uh, some folks, this has been many years ago, and we were in the uh, airline terminal. And there were some things going on and sometimes they have difficulty with their schedules. And uh, this fella just stepped up to the counter and just was rude to this lady. And I guess he saw the look on my face, I I kinda stepped back, hoping they wouldn't link us together, you know. And and he looked at me and he said, well, he said, "Uh, I know that seems a little strong, he said, but that's just my prophetic anointing. No, that's called flesh. <laughs> it got nothing to do with no prophetic anointing. But do you know what I'm talking about? A number of people have gotten warped in their thinking and they've become pushy and they're demanding and they're too forward and they call it faith. Faith. They call it boldness. (laughs) Huh? But if God was really in it, what would you see in it? God is love. There's nothing that God is in that you can't find love in because he is love. And if he's in it, love's in it. And if there's no love in it, he ain't in it. I know that may sound oversimplified, but it's the truth. It's the truth. If he's in it, love's in it. And if it is real faith, all real faith works by love. Now, when we first began talking about true faith, we looked looked at an example of the uh, Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian bondage and was bringing into the promised land. And when they searched out the land and the the spies said, uh, oh, it's wonderful, just like the Lord told us. But 10 of them said, we can't go in. It's too many giants, too big. And the Lord told them, go up and possess the land. And they wouldn't do it. In fact, the Bible said they rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. They wouldn't go up and possess the land. They sat in their tent and they cried and they felt sorry for themselves. And they said, we all going to die out here in the wilderness. Well, then the Lord said, all right, turn around and go back into the wilderness. And uh, then they they saw they'd blown it (laughs) and they said, no, we'll go up. We'll go up right now. We're going to go take the land. And Moses said, no, no, don't you go. The Lord has told you don't do it now. Now go back into the wilderness. Don't rebel against him. They said, no, we're going. We're going. So the Bible said they went presumptuously up the hill. Are they calling this faith? Yeah. yeah. They're going to go take the land. But now get the picture. This fake faith is contrary. It's stubborn. It's stubborn. It's argumentative. It, does, it won't submit to authority. It's rebellious. The Lord said, go up. So what'd they do? They wouldn't go. Go sit in the tent and cry. Then he says, all right, go to the wilderness. What do they say? Yeah. Now we're going to go up. He said, don't go up. I told you don't go. Now we're going by faith. How many can see rebellion is completely incompatible with faith. And yet, you know, don't call any names, don't testify, but have you seen anything like what we're talking about? That people get so pushy and insistent and so forward and demanding and won't listen to anybody and don't need anybody because they got faith. And they're just gonna do it all by faith. And there's a rebellious air to it. There's a stubborn, hard-headedness to it. And there are people that actually are deceived into thinking that their stubbornness is justified somehow because this is faith. But it's not. I said it's not. Listen to the scripture. Deuteronomy thirty-two twenty talking about this very situation. Deuteronomy 32, 20. He said, they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. The living Bible said, they are a stubborn, faithless generation. Notice what's linked together. Stubborn and what? Faithful. No faith. Stubborn and faithless I've seen it for some years now. It just gets clearer to me all the time. You show me somebody that really is in faith, I'll show you some humility. Every time. Faith is not a cover for arrogance. You think about the two people that Jesus remarked as having great faith. What kind of people they were? The centurion. Remember him? He said, Lord, I'm not worthy you should come under my roof. I'm just a soldier. I'm just a fighting man. But I recognize you got the authority. And if you just say the word, my servant will be healed. i understand he's used to barking orders. And, and really, in a civil sense, he's over Jesus. He could have commanded him this and that, but he had enough spiritual understanding. He didn't command him anything. He said, you don't even need to come to my house. And Jesus said, I hadn't seen great faith like this in the whole nation. Can you see a connection here now? Humility, great faith. The Syrophoenician woman, same type of thing. Jesus said, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Now, a lot of people, man, they couldn't handle that. They'd have said, dogs? (laughs) They'd have stood up and said, dog preacher? You, You calling me a dog? I'll tell you one thing, we Syrophoenicians just as good as you Jews, bless God. Let me tell you about some Jews I know. Some of the stuff they do. Well, she could have had her little say and left without. But what'd she do, come on, what'd she do? She said, truth, Lord, truth, what does that mean? Come on, let me help you out here now. The Lord says you a dog, what do you say? Bow wow. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Truth, Lord. What'd she say? Truth, Lord. What does that mean? Right. Whatever you say. Whatever you say. That's how it is. She said, "But you know, the dogs get crumbs, right?" Humility. Humility. He said, "Woman, <laughs> great is your faith." And how I many know oh, her daughter got delivered and healed right then? Pride is completely incompatible with faith. If people are operating in pride and pushiness and arrogance and demanding, that's not real faith. That's a phony, fake faith. It doesn't work. Turn with me to uh, 2 Corinthians 11. If you read... 1 and 2 Corinthians carefully, you'll find that Paul is having to deal with something by the Spirit of God. And that is, these are people that came in under his ministry. They got saved under his ministry. This church was born under his ministry. He is their father in the faith. He tells them. You may have 10,000 instructors, but you only got one one daddy in the faith like me. Right? And the reason why he's having to talk about these things is because some other people have come in proclaiming themselves to be and and I'm quoting from some Greek uh, transliteration and other translations, super apostles (laughs) they are. And they are making light of Paul's ministry and they are saying he is too weak. Now if you haven't seen this, read particularly 2 Corinthians, read it carefully, and and you'll see what I'm talking about. They are accusing him of being too weak and basically that his time is past and now they're moving on to higher levels. Sound familiar? And that Paul, you know, his little revelation is is you know that was good to get started on. But now we're going to take you on, super apostles. Now you'll find this also: the more people get off, the the bigger they get on titles. I saw somebody the other night was advertising, and and they were saying that they were the master prophet. I thought, that's a new one on me. I didn't know. Master prophet. So you got prophets, and then you got master prophets. And you got apostles, and you got super apostles. Somebody said, what's wrong with that? A lot. Now, around here, you know, we don't use titles at all. I am a pastor, but I don't use the title pastor. I mean, of no, the Lord said, don't refer to each other as master or father, but brother, right? And for instance, apostle, you know, we talk a lot about the apostle Paul. Do you know he never referred to himself that way? Ever. He never used the word apostle as a title. He said, I am an apostle. Don't take my word for it. Prove your case with the Bible on the other side. But the reason I say it is because people get off with these titles. And that's what these guys were doing. Super apostle. Just smile and be happy, everybody. (laughs) It's gonna be okay. (laughs) They say, well, if they take my title away, what will I have? That's a good question. That's a real good question. <laughs> Second Corinthians eleven. <laughs> oh, help us, Lord. <laughs> Second Corinthians eleven thirteen says, "For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Who made them apostles? They made theirself apostles." <laughs> are they real apostles? Not of the Lord. They are false or fake apostles. we we talking about fake faith, and there's fake apostles, and there's fake prophets. But how many of that doesn't do away with the real thing? Just like there is a real faith, there also are real apostles and real prophets, just like there's real pastors and teachers and evangelists. Verse 14, and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. How many know the devil never comes in a red suit? With a pitchfork. With a name tag, it says devil. He's tricky, He's, he's a deceiver. He, pass, he 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 endeavours to pass himself off. I know a fellow one time was trying to tell me he he came up arguing with me about something I had taught from the word. He said, "Well, well," he said, "I I hear all that." He said, "But I had a vision, and I saw an angel, and the angel told me, and it was completely contradictory to the scriptures I had read that day." I said, "Well, my brother, what about the Bible? It doesn't agree." He said, well, yeah, but I know what I saw. I said, sir, I don't doubt that you saw something.